Hey, this is Stevie Rochelle from Top End Metal Sludge, your favorite website. You are locked and loaded on the Music Mania Podcast. You're ready for some screaming heavy metal! We rock! But the evil that men do... Lenton! We gonna bang your You are now listening to the Music Mania Podcast, brought to you by CD Warehouse in Gladstone, the number one hard rock podcast in the Midwest, featuring hard-hitting interviews with rock's living legends. And now, here's your host, Clint Schweitzer. And thank you once again for joining us here on the Music Mania Podcast, our second show of the year 2019. We are back at it again. Two huge guests on this show alone. We've got Robin Wilson, the singer of the Gin Blossoms, as well as Michael Lardy, guitarist from Great White. Both going to be joining us on this show, guys. You already know the songs. On this show, we tell you the stories, and that's what we're going to do, and that's what we're looking forward to doing on into 2019 is guys this winter it's uh, long and cold but we're going to be out of it soon it's going to be summer concert season before you know it and we're just ramping up here on the music mania podcast getting a lot of interviews taped we're already backlogged so that's good we love doing it love being out on the road covering concerts that's what we do we always appreciate you hitting the subscribe button on um, itunes or google play if you have a device if you have a phone then you have access to this show itunes or Google Play, either one, you can uh, press that subscribe button. We always appreciate it. MusicManiaPodcast.com, that's where all of our shows are archived. You can get all 105 of them there. Just start with number one and work your way down. That's what most people do. Uh, Of course, on Twitter, at MusicMania underscore show. We always appreciate the interaction, guys. But this show is extra special for me. Our first member from the Gin Blossom is going to be joining us. One of my favorite bands from the 90s. Guys, the band's fusion of pop, melodic rock, folk, and country elements took to the airwaves, and they took it by siege back in the 90s. They made the band an MTV playlist hostage for almost a decade, and the group was a natural 90s mainstay from their breakout album through today. Rob and Jesse, Bill, and Scotty have sold over 10 million records and are one of the most in-demand 90s live artists. And I'll tell you what, they began uh, in the middle of the grunge era, but just such an uplifting pop rock band, the Gin Blossoms, their hits from Allison Road, Lost Horizons, Hey Jealousy, Follow You Down, uh, Found Out About You, so many great songs, and they have a new album out, which we're going to be talking to Robin Wilson about, uh, Mixed Reality, it is a great album, such a classic sounding Gin Blossoms record, it came out in June, you can get that on Amazon, guys, they have tour dates that start here in Kansas City, January 25th, that is coming up, they're going to be at the Ameristar Casino here In the last three years, I've seen Gin Blossoms live four times, I believe, and all in different venues. I've seen them opening up uh, for a Mizzou football game, playing at 9 a.m. before a Mizzou homecoming football game in Columbia. I've seen them at a raceway before a race, seen them at a winery in Lake of the Ozarks, and they just are one of those bands that they're everywhere. They're road warriors. They're always touring. They're so in demand, and they're just one of my favorite, um, absolute favorite bands of the 90s, no question about it. 
1992 album, New Miserable Experience, one of the best records of the entire decade, and they're going to be playing that live in its entirety coming up on tour. You can go to ginblossoms.net to get all the information on that. VIP tickets and uh, regular tickets for these shows are available. So you you want to hear this that album played in its entirety? Uh, I don't think the band's ever done that before. That's going to be available. We're going to be talking to Robin about uh, performing with Kiss on The Tonight Show back in 1994. Uh, uh, recording a Kiss song, Christine 16, for the Kiss tribute album, Kiss My Ass. We're going to be going around the gambit with Robin Wilson about the ups and downs of the band's career from 1992 until today, how they have managed to stay around and stay relevant uh, in today's musical climate. And we're going to be talking with Michael Lardy, guitarist from Great White. Um, the band has a show here at the Kansas Crossing Casino in Pittsburgh, Kansas. That's a couple hours away. Just a hop, skip, and a jump from Kansas City. Get down to this show. It's January 26th. It's on a Saturday. The beautiful and uh, very new Kansas Crossing Casino uh, is where Great White's going to be. Going to be talking with Michael. Uh, we've had Mark Kendall on the show. We've had even Jack Russell on the show, who, of course, is doing his own version of Great White. But uh, we've had Mark Kendall on. That's back when Terry Illuz was the singer from XYZ. Now they've got Mitch Malloy, who is a powerhouse vocalist and frontman, and how th- uh, things have changed for the band and how th- they feel this is going to be, um, you know, the new incarnation of Great White and what Mitch brings to the band. So excited to have Michael Lardy on talking about all things Great White. You can go to their website, officialgreatwhite.com, and get all the information on their upcoming tour dates, they have some um, in January going all the way through April. Always a busy group out there still playing live and doing a great job of it. So before we get to our interview with Gin Blossom's frontman Robin Wilson, got to tell you about our sponsor, CD Warehouse in Gladstone, Missouri. Guys, for over 22 years, a staple of the Northland. They buy, sell, and trade CDs, DVDs, vinyl, collectibles, and more. Do not let the vibe of the old school record store go by the wayside. Visit them off Antioch Road in Gladstone today. Tell the owner, Randy Ringer, Music Mania sent you, and you will get a discount, or it's on us. Hey, Robin, it's Clint Schweitzer from Music Mania. How you doing, my friend? I'm doing fine. Good day to you. Yes, it is It is uh, just a pleasure to have you on the show. The first time, the first Jim Blossoms member to ever to ever come on the show, and we're so excited to have you, Robin. Um, let's start off with a little piece of... Uh, Jim Blossom's trivia. Are you aware that 25 years ago today that found out about you went to number one on the alternative charts? That's that's a l- little nugget to start off things. That's pretty cool. I guess that is. Yeah, you know, I heard that earlier today. Um, I was doing a, another interview, and they told me that, and I said, no, I don't think so. I don't think we ever had a number one song. And uh, to my recollection, we never did, but I guess... Uh, I'm thinking of the top 40 chart, not really the alternative chart. And uh, what what is your source for that? Is it like Pulse Magazine or, you know, some, something like that? Or was it Billboard's alternative chart? I'm not sure if it's Billboard. This was just from the band's Twitter. Uh, so this, and so when it comes to, I don't, yeah, I don't know the different, obviously the, uh, the alternative charts have a different distinguishing, uh, you know, numbers and things like that from, from back in the day. It's definitely different now, but hey, you know, there's all sorts of ways. This is probably like pre-sound scan too, so God only knows, <laughs> really. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm 
skeptical. Frankly, <laughs> Clint, I'm, I'm really skeptical. Well, but, we, uh, but, we, but, but if, if you say so, I'll go along with it for the sake of Okay. Yeah, it makes a good, it makes for a good story. It makes for a good you know timely moment in history, and so we we will be linked forever for this. So I, I just got to start off, Robin, because uh, Jim Blossoms are, are one of my favorite bands of all time. And let me just tell you, I'm in, I'm in Kansas City. So in the last three years, Robin, I have seen the Jim Blossoms at a raceway. I have seen the Jim Blossoms uh, before a Mizzou football game at 9 a.m., and I have seen the Jim Blossoms at a wonderful, beautiful winery in Lake of the Ozarks. You are truly the band that is anywhere and everywhere, no matter what, right? I mean, it's pretty cool. That's right. There, there isn't an auto dealership parking lot that we wouldn't play at. Yeah. That is, oh. it, it's awesome, though. I mean, the... the, the, the well... We're, we're mercenaries, you know? We go where <laughs> gigs are offered, and, uh, you know, we're, we, we haven't always had uh, the uh, financial clout to pick and choose uh, the venues. So, uh, you know, I get really jealous when I see, like, Smashing Pumpkins out on tour, and they're, they're always in, like, the coolest places. And I, and I have to wonder, like, did Smashing Pumpkins ever have to play in auto dealership parking lots, you know? And, uh, or is it just us, you know? So, uh, anyway, uh, you know, there's always... There's always a grass is greener scenario, you know, when it comes to rock and roll. There's lots of levels to this. And uh, I've always said, well, we're like a mid-level band. But these days I can say with confidence that we are at the top of the middle. So I, I think that's accurate. And I, to be honest, you know, growing up sure. a, a huge um, Mizzou football fan my whole life, it was like the melding of two worlds for me. It's like... It was homecoming. The Jim Blossoms are playing, and you had said, I believe, on stage it was the earliest gig you've ever played, which I hope so. At nine a.m., that uh, that was the earliest you guys have ever taken the stage. That's that's a wake up call there. Yeah, it sure was. Uh, that was just last uh, year, yep. correct? Yeah, uh, last okay. fall. Yeah, I, I remember. That's right. My uh, my cousin's kid came to the show. I was really happy to see uh see those girls so uh yeah um and i guess we're coming back soon aren't we you are in fact yeah so, definitely uh gonna have you back yeah. in kansas city here on january 25th at the ameristar casino this is sort of like you're the new leg you guys because you guys are always touring i can't say that the new tour starts because you guys are always on tour but the latest leg starts here in kansas city on the 25th man we're excited to have you back well thank you thank you but actually technically uh that's a fly date um, and then it's a few weeks later that our tour really begins. I, I think of a tour, uh, when it's like five shows in the same week and we're out on a bus or something like that. And, uh, mostly through the year, we do a lot of fly dates. And, uh, so I don't necessarily feel, think of that technically as touring, uh, as much as it is just like uh, doing a one-off or whatever. Uh, but a couple of weeks uh, after that, or a week or so after the Kansas City show, is when we fire up the New Miserable Experience live tour that we're doing. Uh, we're doing about five weeks of that. And, uh, you know, that that's going to be a lot of fun because we'll be out in uh, major markets, playing places like uh, Chicago House of Blues and New York City. And uh, that's going to be a pretty exciting tour. And uh, through great effort and a lot of cajoling, I managed to get uh, some friends of mine on the bill. So I've got a couple of my favorite bands, up-and-comers, uh, that are going to be supporting us on that tour. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. 
and uh, we'll have a whole new line of merchandise and all that kind of stuff. I'm sorry you're going to be missing out on on that aspect of it, but I, I promise we won't stop. About that. I can I could promise no. anyone that yeah that's absolutely true so so the new miserable experience will it will it be kind of a different set then because you got two dates actually you got the Kansas City date then Baton Rouge Louisiana the next day which is a hell of a turnaround from uh, a Friday to a Saturday good luck with that but so will that will yeah. be a little different the shows kind of be a little different then before you kick off the the new miserable experience part of it. Uh, yes, uh, this will this will be our uh, w- what you might refer to as our regular set. Um, um, but uh, the New Miserable Experience Tour will actually be doing the entire album from beginning to end uh, in sequence. Excuse me. And um, uh, so uh, the show in Kansas City, we'll be able to sort of jumble things up a little bit more and be able to play a little bit more variety from our catalog. But uh, once we get out on the uh, Enemy Live Tour, uh, we start the show with the album, and so the first uh, 12 songs or whatever is New Miserable Experience in sequence. And um, so that's that's kind of a different uh, sort of show for us. And um, we're going to be rehearsing, which is really, really rare for us. We're going to be rehearsing just before that Kansas City show, so uh, there should be a few things that we're not currently playing that we'll be able to add into the set and uh, start warming up uh, that weekend. So um, you might hear something, like we might be debuting a song we've never played live before or something along those lines. Absolutely. Going to hold you to that. Uh, I'll tell you what, um, like a lot of bands are doing... I think this is awesome because I've taken part of it uh, a couple years ago and uh, down at the Lake of the Ozarks at the Ozarks Amphitheater. I uh, did one of your VIP experiences. It is truly a great experience for fans to come get a photo. Those are available on your website, ginblossoms.net, for all the shows coming up here on the New Miserable Experience Tour. Just talk about that, what it's like for you guys to be able to to meet fans beforehand and kind of give them that experience. I mean, it's, you know, you hear, you know, Hit, hit and misses when it comes to some of these experiences, but your guys' is really great. You're really gracious with the fans. I know that because I've, I've taken part in one. So what's that like for you guys, uh, being able to meet the fans before these shows? Well, first of all, Clint, I, I really appreciate that. Thank you very much. I, I, I appreciate the fact that you purchased the VIP package and that you were satisfied and you enjoyed it and that you thought we were gracious and all that. I, that means a lot to me. Thank you. Um, well, uh, you know, it's... It's like you said, it's kind of hit or miss. A lot of the times we put those things together, the VIP package, and maybe only three or four people will will uh, sign up for it, and then they'll be late. And we have to we have to go down to this gig early, and then the people are late, and we have to sit around waiting for them, and sometimes they don't get there until just before the show. And... I really don't enjoy that when it's like 15 <laughs> minutes before showtime and, um, you know, all of a sudden we got to get, you know, we got to get pulled out of our meditations or whatever and, uh, and, and go do the meet and greet. And that so that always feels a little rushed and a little hectic. Um, but we're, we're planning out for the, for the upcoming tour uh, we're we're planning it uh, better where we're going to be doing it in the venue, uh, not in the dressing room. We're going to be out in the venue uh, near the stage. We're going to do it a few hours before showtime, right uh, before doors even open. And uh, we're going to include 
uh, and I'm sorry this doesn't begin until uh, the the Municipal Experience Tour, but um, we're going to include an exclusive acoustic performance. Oh, cool! Uh, that we're going to toss in, and so uh, the, I'm working with my bandmates on what we're going to do because I don't want to I don't want to do an acoustic performance of songs we're going to be doing later in the show. I want to be I want it to be loose and fun and be able to play. Uh, a variety of cover songs, and uh, so I'm in the process now of uh, putting together like a list of songs that I want to be able to play, and you know, my bandmates, uh, you know, in, in the Jim Blossoms, there's a lot of compromise, and uh, that was the, the main topic of the interview I did earlier, is compromise. Uh, what what the question was why what keeps the band together and I'm like compromise that's the only way to get through it is to uh, is is to uh, agree uh, to do stuff you don't necessarily want to do and uh, with this uh, VIP meet and greet acoustic performance you know I want to be able to just break out fun cover songs and have it be loose, and I'm already getting a little feedback from my bandmates, so I don't want to do, I don't want to do that song, and I don't want to do that song, and I, so, you know, I might just tell the guys, listen, this is the song I'm going to do today. You don't have to play with me if you don't want to, but I want to sing Indiana Wants Me, or a Tom Petty song, or something, and um, I'm, I'm hoping I can get away with that. Um, you know, again, I, I, I don't always uh, get my way. Um, if you ask my bandmates, they would tell you that I almost that I that I always get my way. <laughs> but I it, it doesn't it doesn't feel that way to me. And um, so I'm going to I'm going to, you know, be dealing with that. We're going to be rehearsing next week. And I plan to, uh, you know, discuss this with them and let them know that in order for this to be really fun for me. I don't want to be really restricted in what I can and cannot play at those acoustic uh, performances for the for the VIPs. So um, anyway, so that's where we're at there, and uh, I'm I'm in the process right now also of designing all of the merchandise for the tour and for the for the VIP meet and greet. We do exclusive merchandise. If you if you purchase the VIP package, you get a tote bag. You get a laminated backstage pad and a, an exclusive T-shirt that we do not sell uh, in any other format. And so I'm uh, I'm in the process right now of finalizing the designs for all of uh, all of that merchandise. And it's great. My my girlfriend is a big friend, a big fan of the New Kids on the Block, <laughs> and. I'm basically ripping off some of their ideas uh, for our merchandise because they really got their shit together when it comes to merch. And uh, so I've, I've kind of adapted a few of the new kids' ideas for uh, Jim Lawson's merchandise. And so uh, that's one of my uh, projects this week is to oversee the final design uh, for that stuff. Well, I can't, can't and, wait to see uh, that. Yeah. So uh, there you go. Uh, you know, I I hope it's I hope it works out well, and um, I hope we all enjoy it. Uh, I'm I'm not thrilled about the idea of being obligated to a performance like two hours before the show, but um, 
I I really relate to the fans, and I, I it's always been important to me to to be the kind of person and the kind of personality that I want my favorite singer to be. And so I I do go out of my way to uh, uh, to be as gracious as possible and uh, and to make myself available to the fans. And you know sometimes my bandmates think. I do this because I love attention and uh, that I just, I feed off of all this attention and I just need to stuff my ego full of all this praise. But again, I, I do that. I go out into the crowd because, because I enjoy it. And again, it's important to me to uh, conduct myself the way I would want my favorite singer to be. So uh, that's, that's always been my motivation. You know. uh, I, and I respect that a lot. Uh, GenBlossoms.net, you guys, you can get uh, you can get those VIP packages. Highly recommend it. Um, it's it's really good stuff. It sounds like a lot of interesting things for the fans coming up. And since you know we're we're talking about miserable uh, new miserable experience, of course, going to be playing the the entire album. Um, it's it's coming up on 27 years old. Um, obviously, this was such an integral part of of the band's genesis, and obviously, the band had a life before this. This is. So, you know, where things really just completely took off for you guys. Take us back in time to, you know, 1992, 91, when this is being recorded, and just sort of, you know, how things changed for you personally and, and for the band um, as this album's being recorded and the hits just keep coming. Lost Horizons, Hey Jealousy, Mrs. Rita, Until I Fall Away. They just kept coming, and the things certainly changed. Um, not just the bank account, but <laughs> which probably got bigger too, but it, what a time it was for you guys. It certainly was. And, you know, obviously the biggest change was uh, losing our guitar player and our founding member and main songwriter, Doug Hopkins. And, you know, this is kind of like ACDC losing Angus Young. Uh, Doug was such an instrumental part of the band, uh, not only uh, as a songwriter, but as a stage presence, he was really the front man in most ways. You know, he, like, a, 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 again, I compare it to Angus Young. He was he was the main presence on stage. And recording the album was was incredibly difficult. You know, Doug, he, he had a lot of personal problems, and uh, he, he, he was really, really struggling. And I guess now we understand that Doug had, had uh, what I guess is called bipolar disorder. And we didn't, we didn't really understand that. Then nobody was talking about bipolar disorder in 1990, 91. Uh, but but Doug was he was really angry and he was he was really depressed and he was drinking so much and it, it was such a struggle to uh, to record uh, with him on the on this record and uh, for all of his genius he um, uh, he was he was it was really really hard and there was uh, I'll give you an example there was a moment where I walked into the studio and our producer John Hampton was in mid-conversation with Doug and they were in the middle of some conversation and I just walked in and I heard John say well we need to get somebody in here to play these guitar solos and Doug just kind of shrugged and said well I guess, uh, I guess Jesse can play my solos, you know? And I, I was so shocked and I was so 
distressed by this comment that Doug was basically just giving up on recording the record. He was he was drinking so much and he was just so depressed. And to to hear that come out of who is essentially our leader um, was was just heart heartbreaking. Yeah. And I um, you know. The, a lot of people know the story, but we, you know, we ended up uh, having to fire Doug at the end of those sessions because he just couldn't function. And, um, we, we, I tried a few months later to get him back in the band. I, I went to my bandmates and the label and I said, we, let's just give him the leave of absence. Let's send him to rehab. Um, but I just, I couldn't get a consensus on that. And, uh, it, it was, it was over. And, you know, the, the band changed forever, you know, at that point, because, again, he, he had so much presence, uh, both on stage and as a songwriter. And so the direction musically of the band shifted somewhat. And, of course, Jesse and I were always writing a lot of the material as well, but Doug's, Doug was a better songwriter than Jesse or I. And nobody wanted to fire him. You, you never want to fire somebody from your band, especially a key member like that. It, you, you have to push and push and push beyond anyone's limits to tolerate uh, these kinds of negative behaviors to, to, to reach a point where there's just no other choice. And, and again, it, it changed the band forever. So, you know, when I look back on these sessions, you know, I get really sad because it was, it was such a hard time for us. We were under such incredible pressure. We're just young men trying to figure it out. Uh, we're the first band from, from our town to get a recording contract and, like, have this opportunity. So we, we just had so much pressure on us. And... Uh, it, it was it was so tough. It was so difficult uh, to to make the record and then to uh, uh, to lose Doug. And um, we were we were fortunate to have, to find Scotty Johnson, who was always a good friend of ours, and uh, to have him uh, step in and and take over uh, as guitar. And Scott is a real stable force. I mean, he's a fun guy to be around, and so that, in some ways, made it made it okay. But um, you know, losing Doug was uh, in in the band was the toughest thing that ever happened to us. And um, uh, you know, it's something that I'm that I'm always going to look back on uh, with with such regret and. Uh, sadness and you know it's 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 really just it's hard to describe and um it's also really unfortunate because in the year or so leading up to the recording of the record Doug and I had finally begun to really write songs together and the the potential for the material that Doug and I could have written together uh there's just no telling what we could have done. And I really feel that if he, uh, if he had survived in the band, that uh, she and I would have uh, possibly gone on to be one of the strongest songwriting teams of our generation. And um, 
it just it just breaks my heart to think about what what could have been. And even without Doug, we had a, a fabulous career that I'm so grateful for. You know, and Jesse and I have both written hit songs, and uh, Jesse and I, you know, are more or less the leaders of the band. You know, we handle different sort of aspects of things, but the guys generally sort of take their cue from Jesse and I and in terms of, uh, you know, like I say, different aspects of the career. You know, I Jesse tends to handle the business side of the band, and he's always who we turn to when we have questions about interacting with our lawyers or business managers or crew and that sort of thing. And I'm... I'm more in charge of the presentation of the band. I do the set lists and the work on the t-shirts and album covers. And uh, the, the presentation is sort of my forte. And, um, you know, we've been, we've been very, very lucky. And um, I'm extremely grateful to be here in the future doing interviews, to have tour, to have a new record, a, a really solid new record. And I'm super proud of, and you know, people don't buy a lot of records anymore. But you know, I know that we, just as a musician who's been making records for over 30 years now, I'm so proud of this album, and I really feel it's like one of the best things that I've ever participated in, and that certainly it's our best record since New Miserable Experience. And um, as I say, I'm I'm very very grateful to to be in Jim Blossom. So, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the album you're referring to, which is a perfect lead in to my next question, which is about the latest album, Mixed Reality. It came back, came out back in June. Uh, to, you know, having seen you guys live a couple times, um, you know, even before the album came out, you played some songs off of it. I think it's tremendous. Like you said, I think it is uh, your best album, you know, probably since then. And it's just great to see some of these songs get so, get, uh, you know, played live, songs like Break. Uh, and Angels Fly have been kind of staples. Uh, are you going to stay with some of these songs? Because this was been such a good album that I feel like, you know, these songs have a life, you know, past just, just when the album's out. So hopefully we still hear them coming up live. Oh, yeah. We'll definitely be, be playing a lot of material uh, from Mixed Reality. And, uh, you know, I I just assume keep continue acting like it's a brand new record. It's yeah. only been seven months. You know, with New Miserable Experience, we we were out on tour supporting that record for like two and a half years. And uh, one one example I can give you is that, uh, you know, we have two different logos for our band. And the one that most people are familiar with is what I call the script logo that's on the cover of New Miserable Experience, where uh, Jim Blossoms is written in a sort of a handwriting script. And then the other one is what I call the lightning logo from the cover of Congratulations, I'm Sorry. And my bandmates were kind of a little bit rankled by when I, when I decided to use the Lightning logo for the new album cover. They're like, no, no, the other one is the, the one that people know. The other one is the, the really established one. And I'm like, well, wait a second. You know, we there's no reason we can't have more than one logo. Yeah. And... Um, so it, it wasn't long after the album was released that I started getting pressure to 
redesign our website and include the script logo. And I was like, wait a second. No, no, no. We, we've got a new album. We're going to promote the new album. And the, the website needs to reflect the artwork from the new album. And, you know, again, I got a little bit of resistance uh, from that. And uh, anyway, for the upcoming tour, since it's the New Miserable Experience Tour, um, we're going back to the script logo for most of uh, most of the merchandise and the drum head, and uh, we project the logo onto the back uh, back of the stage. And so uh, for this up for this tour, we're going to be uh, focused uh, uh, focusing most of the presentation on the uh, script logo. And um, you know these are these are just examples of uh, you know all the all the grenades I've got that I'm juggling right now, you know? Um, <laughs> and, uh, anyway, there you go. So, uh, you'll be seeing a lot of the script logo I, on, the, on the next tour. I'm a fan of both. Hey, I think it all works. I, the, a performance I've always wanted to ask you about, especially since we have Bruce Kulick from Kiss, uh, formerly of Kiss, coming on the show next week. I, I've always wanted to ask you about uh, you know, your performance of uh, Christine 16 for the Kiss My Ass uh, tribute album, and then your performance with Kiss on, on the Tonight Show with David Letterman. Uh, you did Christine 16 with the band. Like, how did all this come about? Uh, are, are, are you, or is Jesse, or is someone a, a huge Kiss fan, and how did this kind of all come about playing with Kiss that night? Well, it was it was me. I was I was a big Kiss fan when I was the, when I was really young. In fact, the first concert I ever saw was Cheap Trick open for Kiss on the Love Gun tour in 1977, and uh, that was the very first concert I ever saw. And I've uh, you know, and it obviously like affected me very deeply. And so I was a big big fan of Kiss, and at, at the time that we were invited to participate in the Kiss My Ass tribute record, I was the only member of our band that really had an emotional connection to Kiss. So I, I had to talk my bandmates into it. They were all just kind of shrugged and say, well, I, I don't even know any Kiss songs. And I'm like, <laughs> you know, for me, it was it was an important opportunity to, uh, to take advantage of. So... Um, and, you know, at least I was familiar enough with Kiss's catalog to select a song that I thought uh, Jim Blossoms could do and perform reasonably well. So uh, we did that, and uh, we recorded it in Phoenix, and then we went out to, L or I went to L.A. for the mixing session, and Gene and Paul came to the studio that day to, um, uh, to, to listen to the mixing. And uh, so it was a huge thrill for me because I got to bring, you know, my little brother's copy of Love Gun to get <laughs> signed. And I, I brought my, uh, my Kiss lunchbox that I had had all these years, and I had them sign that. And um, it was really an awesome day for me to, uh, you know, to spend in the studio with Gene and Paul uh, telling them stories. And, you know, I told, I told uh, them that uh, every day in the sixth grade, when I was in the sixth grade, every day after school, I would go to my best friend's house and we would go down to his basement and we would lip sync to Kiss records for hours. And uh, I, I was always Paul Stanley. I always wanted to be the singer. So I was Paul Stanley and uh, my friend uh, always wanted to be Peter Chris when we did these uh 
these lip syncing sessions. And we did this virtually every day that we were in the sixth grade. And, uh, you know, Gene and Paul kind of laughed. And then Gene looks over at me and he says, so, you know, why? Why did you do that? And I said, well, because we wanted to be like you, you know? <laughs> and, um, and then the other thing that was really fun that day is, uh, at the time, I was collecting a lot of comic books, and I had some with me, and I had them in the plastic sleeves, and they were in my backpack. And Gene uh, was a comic book fan uh, when he was younger, and he knows a lot about the comic book world, and he saw my comic books, and he's like, oh, well, what do you, you know, what is this there? And, you know, from the sleeves, he could tell I was a collector. And he said, so, you know, well, what do you got? And I showed him Spawn number three. And so I was the first person to show Gene Simmons a Spawn comic book. Wow. And it was within within just a few years of that that uh, Kiss was working with McFarlane Productions on uh, both the Psycho Circus comic book and their entire line of toys and stuff. And so there, there have been a number of moments in my lifetime, in my career, where I've, I've sort of felt like I am the Forrest Gump of the geek underworld. And that was certainly one of those moments. <laughs> Not a bad thing to be at all. Uh, that is that is tremendous. Uh, I, I mean, the band's on their end of the road tour. Are you going to be able to find time to, to catch them one of these one last time? I mean, I, it's... it's, it's no. No, it doesn't really work out. You know, it's hard for me to get out to shows. And, I, you know, it's not the same for me. I don't really, I don't want to go to a concert uh, that I that I can't go backstage and hang out with the band, you know. I mean, it's not a lot of fun for me well, uh, to do that. I, in the last eight years, I have only purchased tickets for two concerts. And I've been able to see two of my favorite artists uh, uh, that way. About in, in 2010, I saw The Darkness. Yes. Oh, awesome. Maybe Earth's greatest rock band yeah. right now. I mean, they're just such a powerful, powerful group. Um, and so I saw The Darkness. And then just a few months ago, I saw Johnny Marr. And that was a fantastic show. He's also one of my heroes. And his latest record, Call the Comet, is one of the best albums of the last decade. And it's just a fantastic record and so i was really excited to see johnny marr a couple months ago and those are the only two concerts that i've gone to in the last decade that i wasn't on the bill so uh um i would enjoy seeing kiss but you know i i spent so much time traveling it's it's hard to get me out of the house when when I'm home. Yeah, you know, I just I want to just I just want to stay at home. Or I, uh, when I'm in Arizona, I I spend uh, I spend time on my boat, and I sort of camp out on my boat. Uh, and I, I'm a, I'm a simple guy, and uh, you know those are kind of if, if I'm not working, that's really all I want to do. You know, sure. Uh, tonight's a good example. I'm I'm home tonight, and uh, I'm really looking forward to making some chili dogs and watching this new horror movie on Netflix. And uh, so I'm oh. I'm I'm psyched to be home and, uh, and to have a whole night to myself. You're the last person I'm going to talk to for like the next twenty hours. That's, and uh, that could be scary. You know. 
Uh, what's that? I mean, that's kind of scary. I mean, I, that's a lot of pressure for me being the last human you're going to talk to. I mean, <laughs> hopefully, though, uh, it, I, I mean, I'm, I, it's funny how, you know, in my 20s, it starts off, well, what am I doing tonight? I'm oh, my gosh, we're meeting here. We're going to this bar. and We're going to catch this band. Now it's like, like you said, it's like, what what horror movie can I check out on Netflix tonight? Maybe for you, it, is it going to is it going to be Bird Box? That's the one that everyone's talking about. So if you haven't checked that out. Well, I, I, I already watched that one. I, I don't. I don't remember what it's called, but it's uh, it stars Jake Gyllenhaal, and it has something to do with like haunted painting, and kind of haunted oh. artwork. Uh, so uh, I saw the preview. I had read about it last week, and I saw the preview earlier today when I was flipping through uh, Netflix. And it took uh, it took a lot of strength not to just start watching it this afternoon while I was having lunch. But I thought, no, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna make my chili dogs. And I'm going to sit down and, and watch this and watch this movie. I think so, it's uh, I think the one is Velvet Buzzsaw is the name of it. So okay, enjoy. Right. Yeah, um, so uh, <laughs> that, that should be fun. And uh, you know, other than that, uh, you know, that's that's my night tonight. Uh, some chili dogs, a horror movie, and. Uh, I, I actually will be I'll be speaking with my girlfriend later, and I'll probably give my uh, my son a call and uh, plan out our interactions for tomorrow. Absolutely. So. Well, I'll tell you what. Before we let you go, uh, Robin, you've been so gracious with your time, and I, you know I've, I've always wanted to ask you this because I remember uh, I'm, I'm a, I have a lot of tattoos myself. I was a big fan of the show LA Inc. And um, one day I'm watching it, uh, you know, a decade or so ago, and you're on it. You're on the sh- on the show getting your, your Phoenix tattoo on your forearm. Are you still a tattoo guy? Are you still getting more? How, what's your tattoo situation? Yeah, yeah and so I, I've got I've got 19 tattoos now. I just got one a few weeks ago. And most of my tattoos are are lyrical quotes. I've got uh, quotes from Cheap Trick, uh, "Surrender, but don't give yourself away." I've got a David Bowie tattoo that says, "Turn and face the strange changes." I've got the opening line of Bohemian Rhapsody, is this the real life, is this just fantasy? I've got uh, Tom Petty, the waiting is the hardest part. I've got a My Chemical Romance tattoo that says, uh, I'm not okay. And it's my understanding that the, the guitar player, Frank, from My Chemical Romance, he has a tattoo that says, hey, jealousy. Wow, So uh, that's awesome. I thought that was kind of <laughs> cool. And then... Um, uh, since I've been working with the Smithereens this year, I've, I, I recently, or last, last spring when I started doing shows with them, I went out and got a tattoo that says Blood and Roses. And, uh, the one I just got the other day, I've been saving a big spot on my arm for this one. And it's the, uh, the chorus of Gimme Shelter by the Rolling Stones, War Children, it's just a shot away. Awesome. And so I just I just got that one, and it's also got the little Rolling Stones tongue uh, graphic. So uh, awesome! I love that. Uh, I was just I was just about ten days ago. I got that one, and I was just dabbing it with a little bit of moisturizer. Uh, a little while ago. So, yep, uh, yeah, it should be about healed by now, yeah. Robin. That is that is awesome, man. I tell you, it's so great to great to talk to you. Um, we are so excited to have you back here on January 25th at the Ameristar Casino. Guys, you can get tickets at uh, ginblossoms.net on the band's website. VIP packages available, regular tickets available. We'll see you then. Uh, can't wait to check out the band again, man. And uh, always great to, to speak with you guys. And, you know, you guys are just, you guys are one of those bands that just, you, you resonate time, you transcend uh, a decade, you transcend uh, the entire decade of the 90s, you transcend the genres. So excited to see you, Robin. We can't thank you enough, man. 
Well, thank you. That, that felt really kind of you to say. I appreciate the help and the support, Clint. It's been a, it's been nice chatting with you, and I I look forward to the show in Kansas City. Absolutely, so, uh, see you then. Thank you, thank you, and yeah. rock away. You bet. Thanks a lot. Huge thanks to Robin Wilson for joining us. What a special interview that was for me. First time interviewing a member from Gin Blossoms. We've been trying to make this happen for years. Finally able to catch up with Robin, who was doing uh, some other interviews. And just what a cool down-to-earth guy. He's talking about just watching Netflix and making chili dogs tonight. And he's a guy that's kind of a homebody like me. When I'm not out rocking and or traveling the world, you know, I'm at home doing nothing, which is, you know, one of my preferred activities. So definitely kindred spirits in that. Awesome that he is such a big Kiss fan. And that's one of the reasons, uh, you know, that the band did that cover song for the Kiss My Ass tribute and performed live with Kiss on The Tonight Show. That's awesome. It's on YouTube. You can go check that out and definitely catch Jim Blossoms when they are in your neck of the woods. And uh, they're going to be here again in Kansas City uh, January 25th. That's a Friday at Ameristar Casino. Do not miss this show if you are in the Kansas City area and catch them on. They're going to be heading back on tour. They got Kansas City and Baton Rouge January 25th and 26th. Then February 8th, the tour really kicks off in Baltimore, Maryland. So again, go to ginblossoms.net for all information, tickets, VIP, and the new album, which is mixed reality you don't want to you want to get this thing support this band they're out there still doing this they're out there making new music and it's relevant and it's good stuff so to me that's that that's very important if a band's still out there giving it they're all giving the fans what they want so with that said we want to go ahead and transition to our second interview of today's podcast it is michael lardy guitarist keyboards from great white michael thanks so much for joining us my friend how's everything going Oh, uh, very well. We got one under our belt. We did a festival down in Florida on the uh, on the twelfth, and uh, going to Biloxi this weekend, and then we're coming to see you guys. Yes, uh, you guys are going to be here at the Kansas Crossing Casino, which is only a couple years old. This venue is awesome. A lot of bands uh, scheduled uh, there for for this um, winter, spring, and on into the summer. Uh, so you guys are going to be Saturday, January 26th, back in uh, Pittsburgh, Kansas, which, which is just a hop, skip, and a jump from Kansas City, which you guys know this area very well. So excited to have you back, man, and another run of shows starting up, and uh, you guys got to be excited about uh, about these upcoming dates, no doubt about it. Oh, it's totally true. I mean, usually we're pretty quiet during this time of the year, but the last couple of years we've decided, let's book all year long. We love to work, so we just... Uh, we just uh, had our agent put together some shows, and we actually have uh, uh, a moderately busy January, so we're psyched about that. You guys definitely do. I mean, do you do you do you prefer that, or I mean, obviously, once you get uh, on into you know April, May, and June, and into July, that that's the, obviously the, the kind of the busier time. But do you prefer doing this, getting out there, and you know, being indoors, and obviously uh, outside, unless you're in Florida like you guys just were. Lucky, uh, lucky fans there that can go to a concert outside. It's zero degrees here this weekend, Michael. So you know we're going to give them a free pass on that. But do you, do you prefer working a little longer, doing some more dates, doing some inside shows? Yeah, I think, you know, we've always had great experiences doing winter tours as well. We did a great one in 90 with Alice Cooper that took us all the way from St. John's, Halifax to Vancouver in, in uh, Canada. And you talk about sub-zero weather. Um, but it's just, it's great to get it inside and have the lights and have it be, uh, you know, a real rock show. So uh, we're, we're, we're digging the fact that we're working. And um, we, uh, it's, about, it's about time we got to... Uh, the Kansas, Kansas City area. Always excited to have you guys here. It's uh, it's been a minute, and we're 
just so excited for that. Uh, talk about 2018 for you guys because it's it was definitely a year of uh, of change. You guys bring Mitch Malloy into the fold. Uh, just talk about uh, kind of that change, what it's meant to the band, because I think that just from a peripheral standpoint, uh, Mitch is just a powerhouse vocalist, uh, extremely good showman, um, adds a lot of elements to the band. You know, you've got a couple live videos uh, featuring Mitch uh, on YouTube right now. It's just great stuff. Just talk about kind of that change and what it's meant to the band. You know, it's just one of those things where, you know, you think about the thing in your life, about what you're doing from an artistic standpoint. You, you Sometimes you have to make changes, you know, and, and go forward. And uh, I, ironically enough, the, the funny story was that Mark and I were both thinking about this guy, but never talked to each other about it. So he was going about checking out stuff on Mitch, and I was going out, uh, on about checking out stuff about Mitch. And it just got to a point where we were both kind of like, this could be the guy. Really? I was thinking that too. You know, so it, it, it worked out great that uh, we sent him to track this thing on. And the stuff he sent back, we just went, whoa, okay, now we're talking. And it just, you know, everything about, like you said, his performance, uh, you know, his, his quality of vocal, and uh, the, the attitude is, is great. And, you know, I, I think uh, seeing uh, a guy up there that, that performs like he does in, in front of the band has, you know, given us and the fans a shot in the arm. So we're pretty psyched about it. And no doubt to me that in 2019, uh, with so many veteran bands that are, thank goodness, still around and touring like Great White. Um, it's just, it's, you know, it's unbelievable uh, to, to think about this and to think about the idea that really what, what it's about is just keeping these great songs alive. And, and Great White has such a catalog and such a great history dating back from the 80s, from, from Once Bitten to Twice Shy to Hooked and, and on. How important is that for you guys, just to, the idea that you know, regardless of, you know, of who's in the band, who's an original member, all those things, it's just keeping these songs alive for, for the fans? Yeah, you know, it's important to us. I mean, obviously we want to play, you know, the songs that have uh, basically given us a career 35 years later. Uh, at the same time, we are, you know, just starting to work on some new material with Mitch, which is great because it's like, uh, it still sounds like Ray White, but you can imagine that, that voice on top of it because you've heard the uh, the hits out there on YouTube. Yeah. Um, so we're looking forward to that. We're, we actually recorded... Uh, our show this year, uh, where those videos come from, was from the Kentucky State Fair, uh, August of last year, and we are thinking of putting out a DVD with the entire show on it and uh, adding a couple of uh, new uh, new scribed uh, great white tunes with uh, with Mitch on there. Um, so the fans, you know, get a little little taste of what new great white sounds like with all the old hits. So. We're, we're kind of planning and trying to make that happen uh, sometime, uh, maybe not too distant future. That would be tremendous, absolutely. I mean, and talk about this, because we've had uh, Mark Kendall on this show before, and uh, obviously, you know, between you and Audie and Mark, I mean, just the, the camaraderie. Talk about the kind of that camaraderie and that chemistry you guys have, because obviously the band has experienced ups and downs, and you've, you know, had times where you've been apart. Here we are in 2019, just, you know, with those guys and the legacy of this band, talk about just how important and what the chemistry's like, uh, you know, with the, those other two guys that have been around this thing for, for so many years. Well, one of the things that you always hope you find in any band that you ever play with in your life is there is a specific sound that is made with the specific people that play in it. And uh, you could probably replace a guitar player, you could replace me, you could replace I. But I think if you did those three elements 
it wouldn't be the same sound. So it's, you know, part, part of the freshness of, of going on stage and playing is like, nobody else in the world sounds like the three of us, you know, in this band. And, uh, that part is really cool. And I think that, uh, the fans, you know, certainly get that. And, um, you know, by writing new material, uh, periodically, it, it keeps it fresh for us as well. Um, and the, and the chemistry is always there. I think one of the things that made it, able to work, you know, for so many years with, you know, a very small break in the early 2000s, um, is just that, you know, the music is the music, and in our downtime, we have our families and our lives, and we pay attention and make sure we nurture that, and then when we get together, it's like uh, a great joy, and we play that, and then we go back to that, so life is about balance these days, and it's it's working out great, and, and we're all still great friends, and we love to rock together. Well, uh, Michael, you guys had some big tours. Obviously, in the 80s, we talked about you guys kind of taking on a busier schedule this year. It's, it's touring so much different these days. I mean, talk about that because a lot of these dates are, are weekend dates you kind of fly into. Um, this is kind of the thing now, which is obviously very economical. But talk about kind of that concept uh, today versus what it was like in the 80s when you're slugging it out on, on, on the buses and driving town to town and little sleep and all that came with that. I mean, just talk about the differences there because it's got to be, there's got to be a lot of differences in that. Yeah, slugging out is a very good description. Uh, when you're talking about, you know, six to eight month tours, you know, nonstop, five shows a week, uh, grounding on average of 253 miles a day to go to the next city. Uh, and then you're home and then you wake up and you try to order room service and it doesn't work. Um, so that that's that's one uh, side of it, you know, and I would not have traded any of that time or any of those experiences with all the bands that we had uh, toured with. Okay. Now, what's cool about what we're doing is we get to go out and still do 55, 60 shows a year, but then we get to be home and have some amount of normalcy for three or four days a week. And like I said before about the balance, it really is the best of both worlds to be able to do that now. Absolutely. And, you know, that also allows, you know, a guy like Mark to go uh, to watch his Dodgers play. Never going to win a World Series, but he just he gets to go at least watch him play a couple times a week in the summer. That's great. It's great for Mark. I mean, this, yeah. I, the World Series part may never come for him, but that, that's okay. I, I, <laughs> I, <laughs> well, well, you never know. We won't say that. <laughs> yeah, we won't say that real loud in front of him. But, uh, I, I, have to, I have to admit, they're, they're not my team because my team has been the Vikings forever for football, but I am rooting for your Kansas City team. Well, that's awesome. I, you know what? I'm always uh, up for that conversation. We uh, have a sports show here as well. We're talking Chiefs, of course, all week. This is crazy. Um, it's, it's, it's supposed to be negative um, 14 degrees here in Kansas City. Now, this is temperatures that I thought only occurred up in Minnesota where they where they have a dome stadium, obviously, but it's going to be brutal down here for this game against the Patriots. Well, I, th- I think Patrick's going to – Gonna shine, so I'm, I'm keeping my fingers crossed for that one. Well, this is great. This is I, I definitely I, I'm I'm feeling it. I think that the, the this connection here might just be what puts it over the top, Michael. I appreciate that for <laughs> sure, man. Um, you know what? That we always like to talk to to artists that we you know that we interview is I like to kind of just get into you know the upbringing and kind of the, the genesis for music for you. So, Michael, talk about kind of the. Your musical genesis, how it all started, and uh, some of your heroes in music as uh, as you were growing up. Well, growing up, there was always music in my house. As early as I remember, every time there was a picture that my my folks had of, of me uh, 
attempting to put on a record and it turns out that it was pounded on by Elvis Presley. I must have been like two and a half or something. I worked out how to start the story off. Um, and then, of course, the Beatles just completely floored me. That was the one uh, pivotal moment where, you know, at five years old, I turned around to mom and dad and said, I'm going to do that. And I said, oh, yeah, isn't that cute? All the time grooming me to be a doctor, you know? Like, here, here's these medical books. Read these. You know, you're fine. <laughs> I know you can read. Um, but, you know, once I saw the Beatles, that was it. I was done. It was like, that was that was the uh, the, the potion of a perfect storm that just said, that's what you're going to do. And um, I've been very lucky and very fortunate in my life to have never derivated from that. Um, coming down to Los Angeles when I was about 19, knowing that here in California, where I was living at the time and growing up, was not a uh, musical background, and I knew I had to get down in the middle of it. Um, and, you know, I worked as a recording engineer as well, because so, I learned that, you know, hoping that that was going to help, you know, put forth what I wanted my music to sound like eventually. And uh, it just turned out that, you know, another perfect storm happens where I'm working as a staff engineer at Total Access and I need the band Great White in 83. And uh, we become friends and uh, by the time they're ready to do Shot in the Dark, I'm starting to play keyboards on the records, doing some background singing. And before what's bitten, I'm, you know, asked to produce, record, you know, engineer, uh, and be part of the band. So it was it was very organic and very cool how it all happened. It certainly is, and I have always fascinated by uh, by Los Angeles uh, during this time. Of course, you know many of the artists we cover come you know from that Sunset Strip era, from the the mid to late '80s, where you guys came from. Just it's just unbelievable. I, you know, not getting into any specifics, you don't have to, because a lot of the stories we, you know, just can't air. They just can never be told. There's, there's, there's just too much out there, uh, Michael. But my goodness, the Sunset Strip. Will there, will there ever be anything like that that rivals that? And just kind of, in general, what was that like for you at the time as a young guy living in Hollywood and and just the scene that was going on at the time? There's, there's literally nothing that's like it before or since. Well, obviously, the only thing that, that would rival it and its closeness would have been, you know, the censorship in 65 and 66. Sure. With, you know, with all, with all that going on with the broadcast song. So, but there was so much music coming out the doors, Russell Springfield, um, um, the Beach Boys, all of that stuff. Um, you, know, you know, the kids were, you know, running around the streets and walking across the street in the middle of the street. And it was just like a, a celebration. And the same thing happened in the late 80s, you know, 20 years you know, in the mid-80s, 20 years later. Um, and that's really what it was. It was just like the celebration every night. Um, there was so much music to see, so much vibe. Um, and, and the music was so upbeat and so happy, and, and everybody dressed the part, and it was just, you know, it was a magical time. Um, but, you know, I think part of the reason there won't be any times like that again is... You know, there's been a lot of lost innocence in the world, unfortunately. And uh, I think the reason why the, the 80s happened is because there was, you know, uh, an ability to still retain that innocence, but still have, you know, the technology and the, and the ability to get around and see those things, uh, speed music, um, that made just, you know, just that perfect combination of things that made it just magic. Uh, absolutely. No doubt, no doubt about that. But I tell you what, 
Michael, we're just looking so forward to everything you guys got coming up. Um, the website is officialgreatwhite.com. You can get uh, all the information on tour dates, news. Uh, you got your Facebook, your Instagram, your Google+, your Twitter, and your YouTube. Boy, I think that about covers it. I mean, the social media part's amazing. I love that you can keep up with artists. Can you imagine, uh, you know, being a being you know a kid and growing up, you could and following Paul McCartney on on Twitter, and being able to talk to him in, in the '60s. I mean, how cool is that that your fans get to communicate with you that way? You know, that was definitely the difference. I mean, you could always sit and fantasize about you know about Robert Plant or you know Joe Perry or Keith Richards, you know, from the album. You look at the album covers and you'd imagine you know what they were doing that day. But now it's like a real time thing. Um, I, I have one great Beatles moment in my life where I got to take a picture with Ringo and hang out with him when he was doing an interview on a show on A&E about 10 years ago. Uh, a friend of mine was the host, and she got me down, not telling me that Ringo was the guest that day. And he shows up, and I'm like, uh, um, uh, <laughs> so on the way out the door, he doesn't take pictures with anybody, but somehow she talked her into it. And he's, he, stay, he stands there, and I'm saying, you know, it was because of the band and your influence that made me become a musician. And in typical Ringo fashion, he said, don't drive me. <laughs> just love it that's what it's all about my friend i'll tell you what michael can't wait to have you guys here it's january 26th it's a saturday no excuse not to be there kansas crossing casino um if, again the website officialgreatwhite.com michael thanks so much my friend we will see you here in a couple weeks buddy well thank you my friend and have a great week and uh, we'll see you real soon hey thanks a lot talk soon appreciate it Big thanks to Michael Lardy for joining us. Again, you can catch them at the Kansas Crossing Casino in Pittsburgh, Kansas, coming up January 26th. It's the day after the Jim Blossom show in Kansas City, so hit both of them. That's what I'm going to do. Um, either that or I'm going to be at the Scorpions in Durant, Oklahoma, on the 26th. I'm not I'm not sure which one I'm going to be able to make happen. wish there were two of me because some days it just feels so good, and there's so many shows to see that I wish there was uh, you know two of me to go to all of them. So big thanks to them. Guys, we are just getting things started here on the Music Mania podcast we have Bruce Kulick from KISS coming up. Uh, and we've already got the interview in the can. We're going to be previewing the KISS into the road tour. We're going to be talking all things KISS, uh, what members might be available uh, for you know guest appearances during the tour, it, uh, what it was like for Bruce on the KISS cruise, which was a couple months ago. Everything KISS. It's all in one show. It is the end of the road. It is our last KISS. We're going to be talking about potential set list. And much, much more. Favorite Kiss albums, favorite Kiss songs, going into the 80s, the 70s, the non-makeup, the makeup, the reunion. Uh, what Bruce thought of the reunion when he and Eric Singer were basically kicked out of the band for Ace and Peter. And then to have Eric Singer rejoin in the makeup and Bruce, you know, whether he was not interested in doing so or kind of whatever the story is on that. But we always appreciate you guys hitting the subscribe button on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, hitting us up on our website, musicmaniapodcast.com. All the shows are archived. We will be back, guys, next week. Thanks so much for joining us. Bruce Kulick coming up the end of the road. Kiss Tour is on the horizon.